Hello. Hello. Happy 2020. Happy 2020. We're here. It's a new year and we are new people. We are fresh. We are funky, spooky, and fun. As always. As always. And so are you guys. So new energy with the new year. Uh, This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hi. And I'm Sabrina. Here we are. Here we are. I'm at my uh, parents' house recording from Vermont, Mm -hmm. as I sometimes am. The haunted house. Oh, the ghosts have noted (gasps) my appearance. They have. And in fact, super quick story. I'll keep it super short so we can head into encounters shortly. But my first night sleeping here, I woke up in the morning at like eight and somehow none of my family members were awake yet so i was like all right i'm just gonna close my eyes for a couple Mm -hmm. more minutes got trapped in sleep paralysis oh no and then i i woke myself up and i like opened my eyes and when i opened my eyes my real life eyeballs looking out into my room a dark figure (gasps) went from standing over me and quickly backed up oh my god and disappeared (gasps) So all those people that are like, sleep paralysis is just a delusion. It's just the chemicals in your brain. Well, guess what? I woke myself up and there was a dark figure over me. Oh my gosh. Well, at least it moved. Oh my God. Yeah, it was scary. So my mom was like, we need a sage. She grabbed out the holy water from Fatima that we have. So I think I'm going to, I don't know, sprinkle it on my body and bathe in it and do some whatever cleansing materials we have handy in our house. (laughs) Do some of that. Just do a holy water bath. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I hope it doesn't stare at you while you sleep tonight. Me too. And, you know, on the bright side, we have listener mail. Oh, I'm so excited. Tell me everything. Okay. All right. Well, we have quite a bit. And actually, PSA for those who have messaged us saying they were having some trouble getting mail to our P.O. box. Uh, Our apologies. They went to the P.O. box. Not entirely sure what happened, but it's fixed now. They have my signature on file. Everything should be good. We got a Christmas card. It says, happiest holidays, love the Lloyds, and <gasps> look. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed. He's wearing the Mike Myers mask. Unbelievable. The dad is. And then the poor kid is like in his little Santa hat. Oh, that is so amazing. <laughs> it's just so good. But then uh, the mom, did you see her glove? It's like the the Freddy Krueger glove. Oh, that's good. Anyway, it's just a spooky ass it's just like the best combo of Halloween meets Christmas, and I freaking love it. That's goals. And then we got a beautiful card from the Sulins that's now living on my fridge. Oh. Then we have, sorry, the list is going to keep going. We got a wonderful spooky ass postcard <gasps> Ooh. from Sienna, and it, she sent it from the Crescent Hotel, which is haunted. <gasps> oh my gosh, in Arkansas? yeah i want to go there so bad from eureka springs baby that's awesome so amazing and then we got this is the coolest sabrina i'll just send it to you because i want you to enjoy this (laughs) from yuki she has a slime company and her slime (gasps) company slime oh my god it's called yuki slimes with a z and she sent us both slime and they smell freaking amazing i'm pretty sure we follow her on instagram and she just has videos of slime and it's my favorite pastime oh my god well she sent me she sent i almost said she sent me like you're not included (laughs) (laughs) i just happened to pick up the the packages at the p.o box but she sent the most wonderful card and her handwriting is just unbelievable it just looks so nice but anyway 
she sent it so that when an encounter story gets too creepy or sad, we can have some slime handy to help stay present and in the moment. I need that. Yes. So stoked about the slime. Amazing. I'm going to keep going because we've got more. So this is, uh, I'm a little late on reporting on this, but we have the most hilarious Halloween card. It says, what's your worst nightmare? And then there's a bunch like a hungry zombie, a possessed doll, and it keeps going. And then it's like choking to death on a pizza roll and not being able to clear your browser history before you tap out. (laughs) (laughs) So funny, but it's from Michael and he wrote a really nice note and he basically just thanked us for giving a community where, here, I'll just read it. He says... As you know, Halloween is the time of year where we all get to express ourselves and have fun. Then November 1st comes and we put our masks back on so we can blend in with society. Luckily for us, you two have given us a community where we don't always have to wear that mask. And for that, I can't thank you ladies enough. Isn't that the sweetest? That is so sweet. These make me feel good. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Me too. I love our phantoms. And then we got a beautiful... (gasps) There's cats! A beautiful Christmas cat card uh, or holiday cat card. Sorry. Warmest holiday wishes. And it's from Pam. Oh, I'll send this one to you. It it belongs with you. (laughs) And she sent a a printout, like a typed printout of all of these haunted places in Maine. So this that part's for me. I'm going to keep that one in my back pocket. But you can have the cat card. There's something for both of us. Okay, And then. We had read a story from our listener, Fiore, who is seven years old, I believe. I remember. Oh, yeah. And she wrote us a handwritten letter. And it says, Dear Corinne, Sabrina, and Ghost, you have no idea what it meant to me for you to mention me in your podcast. I literally listened to the part when you read the letter a billion times. I screamed so loud that my mom came rushing to my room. I jumped up from my bunk bed and shouted, I just got mentioned in my favorite podcast. Your podcast gives me something to think about when I need a rest of basically everything. And I hope you like the pictures of me as a seven-year-old. Thank you for being so awesome. See you on the other side, Fury. And then she put a bunch of drawings on the other side and they're oh beautiful gosh. there's one Yuri. of like a sleeping girl some uh, spooky eyes under a bed uh, a Whoa. clock that strikes 3 p.m a vampire um just so much like it, it's amazing and then she sent us a picture of her and her parents oh that's so cute and she was like seven or eight years old riding a, a horse and then here's her with a butterfly when she was eight so sweet and then sabrina cat aliens which one is it we got friendship bracelets oh my oh my gosh i'll never take it off i know right that's the rule you can't take them off until they just naturally break off wow that's so special so this is gonna be sent to you soon Thank you, guys. This is like, I love reading everything and getting everything. I know, me too. Well, I actually have one, too. Because of our P.O. Box issue, someone sent a package to my office, and it's from Jordan, and she sent us the coolest poster ever, and she created it. It's titled (gasps) Ghosts in the Graveyard, and I'll have to send you a picture, Corinne, but it's this amazing poster with all of these famous spooks from, like, film television literature and legends and she put like a bunch of them like the twins from the shining and there's like 66 ghosts on it or different creatures oh my god are you looking at it right now no i don't have it with me right now i have it at my office so i'll have to send you a picture but it's from jordan 
and it's amazing and i'm we need to get it please send me a picture i'm dying to see that it's amazing and she also has an etsy page she has an etsy page called silhouettes and illustration by jordan so we'll post it on our instagram and stuff that's amazing yeah i feel so special and loved i know thanks guys this is so fun we're so lucky and we're this is a whole new year we're gonna have a whole new year of ghost stories and spooky things to talk about and we can't wait and you guys just make this so worth doing and we never imagined our community would be like this ever and here we are three years later and it's better than ever my favorite part of my life is <laughs> the podcast and the community mm-hmm. i look forward to it every single week me too me too i love seeing your smiling face across the country on the computer screen oh thanks sabrina i love seeing you in all of your outfits <laughs> i'm jealous of your fashion style <laughs> my cozy little leopard outfit yes sabrina's wearing i was like oh is that a robe is that a is that she's wearing a leopard like full length long sleeve onesie and Mm -hmm. it looks amazing it's a romper fashionista thanks well we're here to read ghost stories so let's get into them all right you're first this week start us off okay the first ghost story of the new year oh wow okay all right well then let's let's start it off feeling pretty good with uh, a couple of feel-good experiences from tara or tara sorry don't know the correct pronunciation. Hey, wonderful ladies. I'm going to do the traditional thank you for having such an amazing podcast. I found your podcast about a month ago and have been listening every chance I'm able to. Your podcast is absolutely amazing and I really do feel like I'm hanging out with you both talking about ghosts. Now, on to my stories. I've only had a few personal experiences and I wanted to share one that had the most impact on my life. My Grammy on my mother's side lived for her children and grandchildren. She doted on all of us every chance that she got. My mother is originally from Northern California and that's where my Grammy and most of my aunts and uncles choose to stay. I spent a good portion of every summer there before and after her death and those summers were some of the best of my life. Sadly, my Grammy passed away when I was around age seven. The night after her funeral, when it was time to go to bed, all of us kids wanted to sleep in the living room together. In the living room was Grammy's chair. It was a big recliner that everyone knew was off limits. And I drifted off to sleep and was gently, unexpectedly woken up. I opened my eyes and there was no one in front of me. I was facing away from her chair and for some reason I knew I needed to turn and look at it. Once I did, I saw my Grammy sitting in her chair, gently rocking back and forth. She was so bright and kind of translucent. And I wasn't scared at all. I was just so calm with this overwhelming sense of peace. She smiled at me and she said, it's okay, baby. Everything is all right. Go back to sleep. I love you. And I stared at her until I drifted off. Wow. That memory has stayed with me over the years and has given me the same sense of peace that I experienced when it happened. I never mentioned it to anyone in my family until I was at a family get together around seven years ago when someone mentioned my Grammy. We started sharing our favorite memories of her, mine being the time that Grammy came running down the hill from the house in her muumuu with her hair flying all over the place, shovel in hand to kill a rattlesnake that I found. <gasps> One of the cousins then said, you know, I saw Grammy the night of her funeral when we all slept in the living room. There was a kind of pregnant pause. Then everyone started talking at once, sharing how they saw her that night as well. 
It turns out that every single one of us grandkids that slept in the living room saw her that night. We all woke up at different times for unexplainable reasons, and she was there. She said something reassuring to all of us and told all of us that she loved us. Oh my God, that gives me so much warmth. I know. (laughs) I wanted to share another incident that warms my heart and continues my belief in the paranormal. My dad passed away in August of 2018, and it was extremely sudden and unexpected. At the time of his passing, my brother lived in a different state. He relocated his family back to Arizona and moved in with my mom to help her. My sister-in-law left my brother and their two kids the week before Thanksgiving. This was obviously very difficult for everyone, but my niece, who was only six, took it really hard. One night when I was home visiting for Christmas, she told me that my dad comes to visit her. She said, whenever I'm really sad and I'm crying, Papa will come sit on my bed with me. He never says anything, just stays until I feel better and fall asleep. Well, sometimes he pats me or he will try to be funny and and make me laugh. (laughs) Hearing this brought me to tears, knowing that even after he passed, he would still come back to comfort the sweet baby girl who needed him. I'm so thankful that he's able to be there for her. She still sees him to this day if she needs him, and I hope that she will continue to see him. I love the thought of my dad watching over her and kind of being her guardian angel. Yeah. Thank you, ladies, for having this outlet where we can share these stories. Stay Stabuki, and I will see you on the other side. Tara. Tara. Wow. That is so sweet. Right? Oh, all uh, of the feels. That's just such a good story. It's so heartwarming. It's so beautiful. It's so like everything about it and just the amount of energy and love. It's not It's not even so much of a sign of just like, hey, I'm okay. I'm all right. Like even with her Grammy taking the time to individually connect with each of her grandchildren and her dad to just continually show up for her niece. It's just yeah. like such intense love. Ugh. It makes me so happy because it's just like when you lose someone, it is so, so difficult. But this is proof that they're there and they're watching over you, whether you can see them or not. Love exists in the afterlife and it <sighs> continues. It's just so beautiful. It really is. I love that story. Oh, what a good grouping of paranormal experiences. Wow. Yeah. Yes, it really was. All right. What do you have? Okay. This is called Puberty and Poltergeists by Emily. Hello, my name is Emily. I'm a new but big fan of your podcast. I live in rural Connecticut and my town is very old and has a lot of old houses and buildings that are strongly believed to be haunted. Most of the people I know in town have stories of seeing ghosts in many different places across town. My story, however, is not about a haunted house, but a poltergeist that both my mother and I encountered while living in my deceased grandparents' home. I am sure you know this, but poltergeists are often known to attach themselves to young individuals who are going through puberty or trauma. At the time, I was going through both after having lost both of my grandparents. This story is very detailed, so I'm sorry if it sounds like it's rambling, but I'm only trying to tell the most interesting details. My whole life, my mother has claimed to have had a connection and a deep understanding of the spirit world. She also experiences moments of clairvoyance and very frequently has vivid deja vu. I have always been less receptive to the spirit world, but have also had experiences like my mother. 
Our experiences started when I was 13 and just starting to go through puberty. I remember sitting in my mom's room, which is in the basement of our house, when I heard her start to walk down the stairs. I began talking to her only to realize that no one was there. My mom would experience the same thing, and she had the same experience that same night. She heard what she thought was me walking down the stairs carrying large bags, only to walk out into the empty, dark hall. It only got weirder from there. People visiting our house would swear they would see me walk into a room, and then when I would come out from the other direction, they would freak out and tell me what they had seen. Ooh, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. My one friend swore she saw me walk past my bedroom, smile at her, and then the whole time I was actually in the kitchen. The poltergeist had attached to my energy and was presenting itself as me all over our house. At first, my mom and I thought it would just go away once things settled down and my hormones weren't as crazy, but it didn't. One night, I was sleeping in my bed when I felt like I was being pushed out. I fell to the floor, and as soon as I went to get up, I felt like something jumped on top of me. I was being held down. I could not talk or move. Finally, my mom entered the room, and whatever was on top of me immediately lifted off. I was terrified and told my mom what happened. She told me that that same night, she woke up to something crawling into bed with her. She said she could feel breath and everything, and at first she thought it was me because it felt so real. She told whatever was next to her to go away, and it did. After we told each other what happened to ourselves that night, we both decided to call the church. They came and did a blessing, and one of the women in the prayer group swore that she felt a spirit push up against her from behind. After that, we did not have any more experiences, but it still scared me forever and made me believe in the other side even more. Thank you for reading this. Love you guys and see you on the other side. Emily. Okay. Well, we all know we don't want to fuck with doppelgangers. And it's almost like a poltergeist doppelganger combo. And it makes me wonder if doppelgangers actually are poltergeists, like pulling upon others' energies. Yeah. I don't. And I wonder, it makes me wonder what doppelgangers are and if every spirit has the ability to morph and appear as different things. Because like we've talked about where... Loved ones will show up as animals, like birds or a specific creature. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that spirits have the ability to change what they look like? Or is it just something more powerful, darker entities can do? I don't know. But ew, I hate that whatever version of her was, whatever mimicked her would smile at people. Yeah. That's the worst part. It's not just rounding a corner and going into a room. It's looking and smiling and making eye contact and being like, you're having a moment with me. And pretty soon you're going to realize that I'm not what you think I am. Yeah, And it's so ballsy to do it when she's at the house, you know, like we've heard stories of doppelgangers where the entity will look like someone who's like not home, but to do it when she's blatantly a door away and two seconds later will run into that same person. It's just disturbing. It's to get underneath your skin, right? Literally, right? (gasps) (laughs) But the fact that both her and her mom were having very similar experiences the same night. And it almost it freaks me out, out a ton that this entity pushed her out of bed and then got on top of her because it makes me think that it was trying to get rid of her so that it could be her. Ew, that is the worst thought ever. And it's like, well, what happens if it succeeds in being her? You know, like, that's my question. Right. Like, what actually comes of that? Can we just talk about the fact that it's already bad enough that when you're a 
13 year old, however old you are, when you go through puberty, that you're going through puberty, getting your period for the first time, which honestly, the first time I got it, I thought I was dying. And then to add on ghosts to that, not fair. It's not fair at all. Speaking of periods, do you remember where you were the first time you got your period? Yes. I came home from lacrosse practice and went to the bathroom and saw blood in my underwear and I thought I was dying. Oh, like in Carrie. And my mom came up and was like, I had a feeling it was going to happen today. (laughs) I think it was the Uh, last week of October. Ooh, almost during Halloween. I know. Where were you? Uh, I was in the parking lot of Shaw's, which is a grocery store. My mom was inside grocery shopping. (laughs) That's a good place to be, though. And I did not feel good. And then I went home and went to the bathroom and I was like, oh, shit. But I was lucky because I had a friend named Elena and she was the first person to get her period. And I was a second out of our friend group. And when she got her period, she was like, she very much took it as an informational, like, educational moment so instead of being like ashamed or anything she gathered all of us girls together like two oh. days after getting her period her mom let her keep her on her bloody underwear and then oh. she showed us all what it looked like so we would know and be prepared oh that's so special isn't it that's so nice i'm so thankful to elena because it made the experience a lot less scary for me because like yeah. you, you take sex ed and like it, Hopefully you're in a position where like an aunt or a friend or sibling or mom or someone can give you a little bit of insight into it. But actually seeing what it looked like helped a lot. I love the idea of also having a party for your child when they have their period because it is something to be celebrated. Yeah, it's yes, but we're looking at it. We're looking back at it now. And I think if that happened to me, when I got my period, I I had a lot of shame and embarrassment like during that time of my life, just from general right. like, like puberty and being in middle school and body development. I think I'd be horrified if my mom threw me a period. I don't know. Party. I think if you if but I think that's because there's so much shame or we were taught yeah. to be shamed ashamed about ashamed of our of it. But I think we could make it a positive feature in our lives for our children right or even just i like the idea of encouraging like my future daughter to have that like girl time slumber party where you know she gets to share with her friends like how it happens and what happens and everything do you remember the we've gone very off topic but the video you watched in like middle school or elementary school and it was like they separated the girls and the guys and the girls went to watch this video and it was about have, getting your period in the video is about this girl who spent the night at her friends and got her period in the middle of the night and the mom in the morning made pancakes with like ovaries and like the uterus and in the shape of all of it and was explaining the body parts in pancake form no okay i didn't get to watch that or i just somehow missed that day yeah that was ours the pancake puberty pancake day puberty pancakes love it let's make it a thing yeah all right what do you have? Alrighty. This is an email from uh, our listener, Sarah. She titled it, Something Wanted Out of the Attic. Oh, no. And the Impossible Light. Very catchy. That already looks scary or sounds scary. I know. Draws you in, right? Yeah. Hello, ghostesses. My name is Sarah, and I started listening to your podcast on a four-hour-long bus ride from Chicago to my hometown in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. 
it's been a wild ride and it's been so fun and terrifying to listen to you both explore the unknown. And I wanted to write to you because I've had some crazy experiences. Ever since I was a small child, I think I've been interested in ghosts. I don't know if I'm what you would call sensitive, but I am prone to weird feelings and strange occurrences. I don't want to write too much, although I have stories ranging from aliens and cornfields on Christmas. What? Okay. Pause right there. Yeah. Must send that story immediately. Yes, you have to. Oh my gosh. Aliens and cornfields on Christmas. I need that. (laughs) That's like a perfect title of a book. (laughs) That really is. I'd buy it. Uh, uh, Piano playing spirits, a laundry ghost, my best friend and I named Hamlet, a freaky doppelganger, a very long history of ghost hunting using the iPhone apps, and a Ouija board experience from the graveyard. Yeah, I know. It was dumb. (laughs) <laughs> However, okay, for, uh, sorry, pause. Sarah, can you just like send, send us <laughs> all of it? Like, we don't want to make you write everything, but I mean. But like, do it. But Please. like a lot of them. And if I had to choose one, Aliens in the Cornfield on Christmas is priority. And Doppelganger and. And Hamlet the Ghost and and everything else. And the Ouija board. Yep. However, today I want to talk about my grandparents' house and what I saw there during the nighttime. I'm not sure why, but I haven't been able to remember that this happened for a very long time, almost as if there was a block in my mind. But I woke up this morning with all of my memories rushing back to me. So firstly, I've lived with my grandparents since I was very young, maybe four or five, and I love them so much and they've done everything and more to provide for me. We lived together in a house built in the 60s, and it was very poorly constructed, i.e. huge holes in the laundry room and electrical circuit boxes in the children's rooms, but the architecture wasn't the scariest part of the house. When I moved in, I took my uncle's old room, which, although just down a long hallway, was the farthest away I could possibly be from my grandparents' room. It was also decorated hideously with green carpets (laughs) and wallpaper of mallard ducks. (laughs) But I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like your grandparents' taste that you're questioning. (laughs) Anyways, I was terrified of the dark. I remember pulling my covers over my head every night because I didn't want to see the skeletons that came out into my room. Now, I know kids have crazy imaginations and this could totally be a part of it, but some part of me doesn't buy it. I would try to sleep in my room every single night, but these figures, these dead things that plagued me would make the air so quiet. It was like they were always watching me, waiting for something. Sometimes I swore I felt their hands run over my duvet. No. Eventually, every night, it would get to be too much, and I would bolt out of my room, down the hall, also terrifying, and jump into my grandparents' bed. I always felt safer between them, although I continued to see things through the night, but I wouldn't be afraid anymore. Well, usually. (laughs) My grandparents' room didn't have a door, so it opened directly into the hallway. Right outside of the doorway, on the ceiling, is a hatch that led to the attic. It was one of those attached to a chain that you would pull down, and then it would unfurl into a wooden ladder. One night, after I had crawled into bed with them, and I still couldn't sleep, I was staring up at the ceiling, and my eyes wandered to the hall and to the little latch. My heart stopped. I saw black clawed hands gently pushing the little hatch downward no from the attic like something was inside of the attic trying to get out trying to get to the hallway i could see them furled over the wood i could see it moving it was so 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 slow 
And then it stopped like it knew that I saw. Oh, my God. It started again. And for I don't know how long I watched these hands pull and push the small door on the ceiling. I was sweating and shaking. Eventually, keeping my eyes locked on it, I woke my grandma up. I told her to look at the attic door. And when she did, she stared, too, because she saw it, too. Oh, my God. (gasps) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is not what I was expecting. I even asked if she saw it. And she said, Yes. I don't know how long we both looked silently at those hands or how long we cuddled together. And I don't remember if even if it withdrew back into the attic. I just remember bringing it up a day later to my grandma. And without looking at me, she told me that it was only raccoon paws. One must have gotten into the attic somehow Uh, and not to worry about it. So I didn't know. But looking back now, those were absolutely not raccoon paws. It was something else. Yeah, no way. After a few years, when I was about 10, my grandparents and I built a new house on our property and tore the old one down. We lived in the house for only a few months when my grandfather died. Mm -hmm. He had a heart attack and he passed away on the way to the hospital. Although my grandma swears she heard his heart stop when the EMTs took him out the door. He was funny, a good father, although mysterious and kind of a daredevil. I miss him. I do think he's looking out for me still. It's kind of funny. Building our new house was his personal project, and he built the foundation and support for the floors himself. He was excellent with construction and woodworking. In my family, they say that before he died, the floors in the house never creaked, but afterwards, you can hear them creaking every day and night. (laughs) Anyways, back to the main story. After his death, before the demolition of the old house, I think he gave me several last glimpses. I would see him in grocery stores. I would see him sitting in his old computer chair, legs up, completely relaxed. I always thought that it was just me missing him. But one day, I was walking around my yard, and it was gray and rainy. I was upset, and I was mourning, and I looked towards the old house and couldn't believe my eyes. The light to what we had called the computer room, the place he was in the most, was on. What makes it crazy was that the house was about to be demolished and we had been living in our new house for months. The electricity was not turned on. Oh my gosh. I was drawn towards the light and couldn't believe and didn't understand how. As I stood there, I remembered all of the good times we had in that room, like the time a bird fell through the open window one summer or all the nights that I had watched him grade homework. He was a teacher. I felt electrified, maybe not better, but I felt reminded that he was a person, that I was a person, that we loved each other even if we weren't together. To get even crazier, as I walked around the corner of that house, I almost stepped on a bird that looked just like the one that had flown into the computer room, wreaking havoc so long ago. It was a cardinal, and it was as startled as I was that I had almost stepped on it, and it flew away kind of indignantly. (laughs) I looked back and the light was still on. Heart racing, I walked back inside my new house and I never told anyone. Oh. I stopped seeing him after that house was gone, but the floor still creaks and sometimes at 3.30 p.m., right when he used to get home from school, I swear I hear a car come up the driveway. I look, but no one's ever there. Or maybe they are. (laughs) Thanks for listening and I'll write again soon. Oh yeah, and I'll see you on the other side. Sarah, P.S. I just remembered my grandmother kind of alluded to the fact that her grandmother, my great great grandma, may have been a witch. Ooh. Okay, I have full chills. Wow. You picked such like heartwarming stories. I mean, minus the weird, creepy thing in the attic. And the skeletons keeping her up at night. 
That yeah. part is terrifying. Yeah. But her grandfather, that part's very sweet. All of the signs and just everything and just, oh my God, chills. Her line about the driveway. Oh, oh. <laughs> that is getting me. He is still there. Oh my gosh. That's There's so wonderful. There's no way that that thing in the attic was a raccoon. Raccoon? Why can I say it right? <laughs> raccoon. 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 Well, that sounds wrong now too. Raccoon? Ra- raccoon. Raccoon. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Although, have you seen, this is off topic, but kind of on topic. Have you seen uh, like dead raccoons that have their hair off of them? Like raccoons that like drown or something and then they wash to shore. Why would I look that up? Well, Sabrina, because if you go deep into like mermaid and alien and cryptid YouTube videos, you'll find one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, they look like a different species when they don't have hair on them and they look like, you know, some sort of. Yeah, but just the idea of zoology. The creature like stopping when they noticed or they could feel that Sarah was looking at it. Right. I know. And the other thing, too, is like grandma would have said that night. It's just a raccoon. Oh, don't worry. It's just a raccoon. Or like woken up her husband and been like, there are raccoons in the attic. Can we do something about this so that they don't come down into our home? Right. But instead, she was probably up all night and up all morning thinking, what do I tell Sarah so that that girl is not afraid of the home that she's growing up in? It's just a raccoon. It's just a raccoon. Wait, Corinne. Okay. And listeners, have you watched Don't Fuck With Cats on Netflix? Don't Fuck With Cats? Mm-hmm. No, but I'm going to pull up my Netflix. And- I turned it. I had to turn it off. I feel like you probably might. I don't know. Wait. Okay. Should I not? look it up it sounded like it was going to be something lovely so it's a true crime doc and it's i i having i i had to turn it off because there's like animal brutality involved in it specifically <gasps> towards cats and although they don't show the entirety of the video they describe it in detail and Ooh. this there's this guy who basically i think he i don't know the whole story because i turned it off but there's this guy who was putting videos on the internet specifically on youtube of him torturing and killing small cats <gasps> on youtube on youtube and this was like how did he get away with more than I don't one know. if he was putting it on youtube corinne i don't know but like i had to turn it off i still like i i have nightmares about it because of how horrendous and awful it is like oh god oh god i don't know if i can handle yeah. that one but but basically this woman in las vegas who was like very interested in the internet saw this video and then started tracking him down through the internet and they caught him. All right. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that. I I had to turn it off two minutes in. It's really, really bad. There are certain things I've learned my threshold because my brother also really likes, you know, like dark sort of horror movies. And he and his, one of his old roommates, Mitch, they would watch like really dark movies and find these like foreign films that... Yeah, you were telling me about that. Oh my gosh. And he's told me some like, he'll tell me like, oh, I watched the worst thing in the world and I'm having nightmares about it and I can't stop thinking about it. It's so, so, so awful. And then he'll be like, you should watch it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that means no, <laughs> no I'm not going to watch it. You just said you've been fucked up for months after yeah. watching this. I can't believe there are people whose jobs it is to think about that and like make it well quality control on like social media they have to watch all the videos oh yeah oh god and why are there people out there that even do that to begin with because people need jobs 
No, no, no. I just mean like people that produce content that needs to be controlled because it's so effed up and wrong. People, people suck. I hate people. And people, people aren't the best. We'll just put it. We're disgusting. We'll leave it at that. There are plenty of people that aren't the best and there are plenty of people that are wonderful. Yeah. Like our listeners. (laughs) And let's get back to them. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'll, I'll consider that. But first I need to finish. I did watch the, um, Bikram Yoga documentary and I'm currently watching I know I'm late to the game but I'm currently watching uh what what's it called like the evil next door or like the devil next door oh about yes the supposed Nazi who had been living in like Pennsylvania or something like that I'm watching uh confession killer too that's really good oh that one's on that one's next on my list I added that yeah oh. that's good so so many to watch but what do you what do you have next this is from B it's called Mansfield Prison Hey girls, just listen to the episode about the Ohio State Reformatory Mansfield Prison. I grew up in Columbus, but now I live in Phoenix. I've never been searching for the Lost Dutchman's Gold, but I have heard the legend many times. If you guys ever make it out to Phoenix, maybe we can search for it together. Anyway, Corinne mentioned the haunted house they have at the Mansfield Prison in October. I've been, although it's been at least a decade. It was a pretty standard haunted house. You walk through, people jump out at you. Nothing supernatural happened while I was there. But it was really creepy on the inside. The cells have paint peeling and are all rusted, giving it an extra creepy vibe. For part of the haunted house, you walk through the cell blocks and unsurprisingly, someone jumps out of a cell and scares you. I've always wondered if the ghosts bothered the haunted house workers that sit in there all day and wait for groups to go by. You couldn't pay me enough money to do that job. And to make myself look really old... I was in high school when the Ohio Penitentiary, the one in Columbus, was knocked down and nationwide arena and condos and stores were built. I think there was a haunted house there, too, when it was still existed, but I did not go to that one. I don't think. There are so many haunted places in Columbus, and it was a long time ago. It's actually a really fun area today with a baseball stadium for a minor team and a hockey stadium for the Blue Jackets, an indoor-outdoor music venue, shopping, and bars. You'd never even know a haunted penitentiary used to be there. Well, while I'm on the subject of spooky Ohio places, I know you've already done Ohio University, but I've been there too. I used to party down there a lot, and they have an awesome Halloween party. Yeah, because Ohio University is like one of the biggest party schools, right? Yeah. I remember Mm -hmm. that. Yes, it is. She said, I had a friend who lived in the stadium where they had concerts and her dorm room was haunted. They had four people in their room and there was a wall that divided the bed from the wardrobe and desks. She said it always sounded like somebody was over there when nobody else was in the room and doors and stuff would open. I stayed there a few times, but I'd always get really drunk so that I'd be too out of it to see any ghosts. My sister went there for a year, and after listening to the episode about it, I asked her if she had any ghostly happenings. She knew plenty of people who did, lots of noises and things. The Ridges, the asylum, is mostly offices now, so it's not as creepy as it used to be. But I love the podcast, and thanks for keeping me company in the long, lonely, spooky shifts. I work overnight at a hospital. That's an email for another day. You girls rock. See you on the other side. B. You know, somewhat somewhat respectable that she just was like you know what i i'm here to party i'm not here to see ghosts so let me just drink let me get so drunk although i feel like it can go either two ways you can get really drunk and you won't see anything or you'll get really drunk and you see everything right either you're drunk to the point where you're just blocking everything out and you have like tunnel vision or suddenly all of your guard is let down and you're letting things in Mm mm-hmm yeah. It's a little bit risky and maybe not 
not recommended, but probably not. I do love the idea that well, love hate that these old penitentiaries and old haunted asylums are haunted houses during the Halloween time because they for sure are haunted and those workers are for sure scared all the time. Oh, 100%. It's a haunted house for the employees that work at the haunted house already. It reminds me of, it was one of our moderators, right? Who had worked at that mini golf course and yeah, Danielle, yeah, Danielle had to like work in the back, Mm -hmm. even though there was freaking ghost and they have it caught on camera. Yep. But it's like, it's your job. So you have to be there. It's like all, all of the footage of like uh, security officers and, and just like nighttime security i know and you see all of those videos of like something happening and they're just like uh and they're all alone in this like big office building so scary that's so scary oh my gosh all right this is called haunted clocks and poltergeists from fiona oh my gosh hi ladies and cat (laughs) (laughs) leah i've never personally had a paranormal experience which i'm totally fine with But I've been asking around for other stories, and these are my parents' stories. My dad lived in a super old house when he was a teenager. He had five siblings, so there was always a lot going on in that house. However, Mm -hmm. whenever he was alone in the house, there was some spooky shit that went down. Things like slamming cabinets, water turning on and off. The worst of these times was one evening when he was home alone with his dogs. They were watching TV when there was a huge banging noise from the kitchen upstairs he assumed a sibling had come home but when he investigated all of the cabinets were wide open and all of the water turned on his dogs were growling at the door to the garage backing away in fear my dad being apparently way more brave than anyone opens (laughs) the door and walks into the garage and yells get out of my house leave me alone oh my gosh and just like that All of the water turns off and the cabinets slam shut. Oh, nope. (laughs) Wow. My second story comes from his girlfriend. She had lost a friend suddenly to a heart attack and she invited his widow over for Thanksgiving dinner the year after he passed. After dinner, they were drinking wine in the dining room where there was a huge antique grandfather clock. It hadn't been maintained and was not at all functioning and hadn't been in years. They pour a toast for her friend, and as soon as their glasses touched, the grandfather clock rang so loudly that they all dropped their glasses. They looked inside the clock, and it was still broken as fuck. They think it was John saying hello for the holidays. Wow. Wow. My last story isn't so much ghostly, but more of a reassurance from the universe. My aunt passed away suddenly when I was nine, and it was really hard on me because we were super close. I've always felt like she's been with me, but I didn't get proof of it until last summer. I'd taken a lift line home from work, so I was in the car with some random guys. I was super tired and didn't say much the whole ride. As they were dropping me off, one of the guys in the back says, Have a good night, Heather. And I just stopped cold. There was no way that he would have thought my name was Heather. Your name shows up in the app. It was surreal. I called my mom right away and we cried on the phone together. The same thing happened to her a few months later where a random lady came up up to her and asked if she was Heather. 
Thanks so much for reading. Sorry, this is long. Thank you for your hard work and passion. You guys freak me out every day at my old workplace. (laughs) As we come into Halloween season, remember, spooky isn't a season. It's a state of mind. Oh, I love that. That should be a shirt. (laughs) See you on the other side, Fiona. Spooky. It's a state of mind. I want that on a shirt. It's so good. But so good. Wow. But oh my goodness. Okay. First of all, let's talk about her father's experience in his childhood home growing up. That shit is so scary. And it's so risky too. Like he basically confronted this really powerful entity. I would only, I can only assume a poltergeist with the amount of power and effort that it did throughout the entire kitchen area in one instant. And it makes me wonder too, like, I want to know if he has like follow-up experiences or any, anything else happened in that house because to be so aggressive towards a spirit and tell them to leave you alone, either that spirit was like, fine, and like shut everything and was like, I'm out of here. Or Ugh. it was like, really? Okay. And just like slams everything. And I was like, you're telling me to go? Hell no. This is a power play now. Right. I kind of like the idea that it was like, no, okay, I'm done, but I'm going to make a statement as I leave. Yeah, that's the preferred narrative for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I love the grandfather clock is really interesting. It is. And it reminds me so much of one of our earlier episodes where you covered clocks. Mm -hmm. And it also reminds me a bit of our friend Marissa, whose family is from San Diego. There's an old grandfather clock in her house that we've talked about it but every month in the month of i believe october it spins backwards for the entire month and that was the month that the previous owner of the house had passed away and they've brought it they've had clock specialists come in and there's nothing wrong with the clock there's no reason it should do that wow wow and i don't know there's something so regal about a grandfather clock it's like such a classy entrance into a paranormal statement you know yeah i wonder what it is about that that spirits can manipulate because we we know electronics are really easy for them, but clocks are, especially old grandfather clocks, I feel like would be hard to manipulate because they have all those gears and they're really heavy duty mechanical. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Items. Good for you, ghosts. Good for you. And then I love that her aunt is having people address her and her mom as herself, as Heather, as kind of like a I know that's very just nice. Just a quick, hey, remember she's with you, sort of thing. Yeah, and it's like we've sweet. talked about this before about how sometimes other people are just manipulated without even knowing to deliver messages on behalf of like a past loved one f- to a total stranger. Yeah, yeah, and I just like to think that there are so many people like we could have been those people and not even known that we were un playing unknowingly playing parts in in someone's like Like something put a thought in your mind and you didn't even realize it yeah okay i have one from tiger lily tiger lily is the best name the best okay hey gals my name is tiger lily and i'm from las vegas nevada and i've been listening to your podcast for about six months and i'm finally getting around to telling you guys about some spooky experiences i've had About three years ago, my mom and grandma were going through my uncle's storage container and found a cool, kind of spooky painting in there. Me, being an artist who is also into spooky stuff, immediately asked my mom if I could take it and hang it in my room. 
She agreed and I hung it right away. At the time, I was rearranging my room and getting rid of some things, which included this shelf thingy that we were going to go put out on the curb the next day after I cleared all the stuff off of it. That night, we were storing the shelf in my room and it sat right at the foot of my bed. For context, the shelf was about three to three and a half feet tall and I went to bed around 10 p.m. But I was awoken to the shelf falling on my bed right onto my legs. I was able to lift the shelf off of me and I looked at my phone to see what time it was. I kid you not, it was exactly 3 a.m. and I looked up at the painting that I had just hung earlier and wondered if maybe there was a spirit attached to it that was behind this. I was 14 at the time and the thing is, I wasn't even scared of the ghost that tried to crush me with the bookshelf. I was more annoyed that I had to clean up all the stuff that had fallen off of the shelf. Love, Tiger Lily. Okay, well that's that's a brave person that's a brave girl to just yeah be like all right this is more of an annoyance than me being terrified of a painting but also the idea that the shelf like they specifically put it in a place they moved it to the edge of the bed and then it was pushed onto her i know that seems disturbing and i would definitely be like i need to get rid of this painting immediately right but would the painting have just come back and gotten angry? Ew. I hate that. Sorry. I just started thinking about like the stories of dolls that are dropped in the middle of woods and walk themselves back to the home. Ugh. Yep. Yep. Oh my God. Wait, someone told me the other day about that. About that happening? Yeah. Well, not at walk. Well, it did end up back, but someone was saying that like got rid of this toy when they were kids and it just kept getting, ending up back on their bed. Ew. <sighs> I hate that. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the thing about Tiger Lily's story is we don't have an ending to what happened to the painting. I know. That is true. Where is it? We don't know. <laughs> we have Probably no on idea. on the way to our P.O. box right now. <laughs> no. No. Please, no. Please, Please don't send us any cursed or haunted <laughs> objects. <laughs> oh my god yikes oh my goodness so creepy it's so creepy Ooh, this is from gary it is called my dream girlfriend's dead sister's ghost whoa think about that my dream girlfriend's dead sister's ghost okay i'm curious hi ghostesses i had one of the most strange and vivid dreams i've ever had last night and since it involved a ghost i thought i'd share it with you while it's still fresh in my memory the dream started with me and my new girlfriend, keep in mind that I'm 100% single in real life, visiting her family for Thanksgiving. It was my first time meeting them because I didn't know anyone else in the dream and she was introducing me to her various family members, parents, siblings, nieces, nephews, grandparents, etc. There were about 10 to 15 people in the house. Things seemed pretty ordinary for Thanksgiving. People preparing food in the kitchen, kids running around playing, etc. The only thing unusual I noticed was that her grandmother was laying on the hardwood floor in a large doorway between the dining room and the den. She had a pillow and was covered up in a sheet and a blanket. What? She wasn't sleeping, and when I quietly asked my girlfriend what she was doing, she told me that her grandma was praying for her sister. That when I noticed, That's when I noticed that her sister was laying on the floor and covered up with a sheet and blanket. I didn't see her at first because she was behind the grandmother and father inside of the dining room where the lights were off. The grandmother was praying for the sister because she was in very bad health. Something definitely did not look right about her. 
She seemed underweight, or maybe she was just naturally thin, but she also seemed smaller than she should be. She visibly looked like a teen or a young adult, although I don't know what age she was. My girlfriend told me that the doctors had informed them that there was nothing that they could do, although... I wasn't told what was wrong with her. I didn't press for more information, but it seemed as though that they had brought her home from the hospital and were just waiting for her to die. Wow. Why she was laying on the floor instead of a comfortable bed is a mystery. And of course, it seemed really odd, even more odd. No one other than the grandmother was paying her any attention. Everyone else was just going about their normal Thanksgiving business. Next thing I know, I'm sitting on the couch in the den about 15 feet away from the grandmother and sister. My girlfriend was sitting on my right and we're just watching her mom cook in the kids play. I feel something tap me on top of my head three or four times. It felt sharp and hard and I really physically felt it. I turned my head to the right and a little upward to see what it was. But the first thing that caught my eye was my girlfriend looking right at me. Actually, she was looking slightly above my head with a pretty terrified look on her face and her mouth was hanging half open. Before I could move or say anything, I felt someone sit down, straddling my shoulders and lean forward against the back of my head. Although I couldn't see who it was, I physically felt this in my dream. Nope. I've reached... This is like so freaking scary and it reminds me of the movie Shudder. It's so detailed too. (sighs) Although I could not see who it was, I physically felt this in my dream. I reached up with my hands, each one reaching over the opposite shoulder with my arm crossed in front of me and I to see if I could feel anything. As my hands were reaching up, another pair of hands grabbed mine. Not in a scary way, although they did grab my hands firmly and continued to hold them. The hands were warm, as hands should be. Not cold, like you had imagined a ghost would be. But the weirdest thing is that instead of feeling frightened, I felt safe, as if the hands were holding mine in a reassuring way, rather than trying to keep me in place. I still can't see who it is, but next thing I know, my mouth starts moving and words start coming out, and the words and the voice are not mine. I don't remember what was said, but the voice was not my own, but rather that of a young female. I don't remember trying to get up, but I ended up moving from one couch to the other while my girlfriend stayed in place. I was sitting alone on the couch, and my girlfriend is still staring at me. Once the girl started to talk, everyone in the house started to gather around to stare at me. Some looked really scared, while others just seemed to stare with interest, yet looking like they couldn't believe what was happening. She continued to talk. And I looked over to the floor where the grandmother and sister had been, and I can't recall where the grandmother was at this point, but she was no longer on the floor next to her sister. She's probably in the group of people who are sitting and standing around me, although they are all keeping their distance a few feet away. I could see that the sister had clearly died as she was facing towards me, laying on her right side. She was kind of curled up halfway, wasn't moving, and her face looked very thin and a little blue. Thankfully, her eyes were closed. She finally stopped talking and I just sat there motionless, not saying anything. Everyone kept looking at the girl and I'm not sure if they could see anyone or anything sitting on my shoulders, but I assume from the way that my girlfriend had originally stared right above my head with a scared look on her face that she could definitely see something and probably everyone else could too. The last thing I remember is the hands letting go of mine, the weight of whatever it was on me. I didn't realize that it was... I didn't realize a ghost could be so heavy. (laughs) Lifting off of my shoulders and feeling, quote, normal again. I must have woken up or my alarm clock had gone off because that's where the dream ended. 
I really wish I could have continued for longer so I could have found out more about the sister and what she said. Sorry to leave you hanging, but I'm going to go to bed soon, so there may be a part two. Stay spooky, Gary. Uh, wow, what a vivid dream. Yeah, and he followed up and just said, like, that he hasn't had a sequel. The dream hasn't continued. But I just found this one so interesting because it was so vivid and so detailed. And it made me think quite a bit about just either tapping into past lives or like an another dimension you know or just someone communicating with him and trying to share their story right yeah it just felt it felt enough and like his awareness in the dream felt enough like it wasn't just a dream it was some sort of something so he tapped in he somehow connected to something else while in his sleeping state yeah i'm so curious but it did make me wonder like we live different lives in different dimensions potentially so like what if it was something like that where for a moment in his dream he was thrown into the life that he lives in an alternate dimension or what if this was what if this was like a warning of something not really a warning but like preparation of something that's to come in his future like maybe not detailed to the point where like there is a, a girl dying on the floor in front of all of her relatives but something that's close enough that resembles enough that he realizes that he has to basically like maybe he's being preloaded with things that that girl wants to say before she even before he even meets that girl or her family or his girlfriend you know right like i wonder if he'll meet them after the sister passes away as sad as that is it's yeah maybe that's it also makes me wonder since i am someone who believes in reincarnation It makes me wonder if when we're sleeping at times a sliver of our soul that is all knowing and kind of remembers past lives and is more aware of what's to come sneaks off and does some sort of preparation for the time that we eventually pass over. Oh, interesting. You know, because there are some stories where it's like before someone passes away that person's spirit somehow visits a loved one like a month before and gives them a warning, something like that. That's so interesting. Yeah. Like our, uh, our unconscious mind knows it. Yeah. That's scary. What does my unconscious mind know that I'm not able to process? I know. Same. It is freaky to think about. And it's like, is our brain just physically incapable of processing that information or is there like the spirit in you preventing you from processing it because you can't you can't know it i don't know or it would make life too hard i don't know yeah we can't know too much well our brains will explode i do know that i saved this story for last okay let's go this is from samantha and it's called demon boyfriend story time hello ladies love the podcast and i've gotten my friends listening to you as well I wanted to start off by saying this is going to mostly be about my boyfriend and then my encounters with this demon or whatever this thing is. I've been wanting to talk badly about this, but it's honestly frightening. Some backstory to this. My boyfriend's father was was a part of some cult and would take my boyfriend to the cemetery when he was a child and they would perform some type of ritual by talking to the dead. My boyfriend is Filipino, and his father's side is really superstitious and claims they could speak to dead relatives. 
Fast forward to 2010-2014 era, my boyfriend was stationed in Japan at that time with the Air Force. He and some buddies played some type of game that involved real animal blood and and contacting spirits. Totally stupid. Later that night, according to him, when he fell asleep, he was awoken by knocking on his door. He thought it was one of his coworkers, and he got up, but no one was there. He fell back asleep, then was woken up by him choking himself. After he left Japan, he went to the Philippines to see his family. My boyfriend went and saw a Catholic priest and didn't do much but confirm he had something following him. He didn't specify if it was demonic or if it was just an evil spirit. The priest then proceeded to give him a Bible, prayed for him, and that was it. That night, he went to bed and fell asleep and he claimed he astral projected and saw himself sleeping. Then he saw a dark figure pointing at his soulless body. Then my boyfriend woke up in the physical world in a panic and was again choking himself. (gasps) So fast forward to 2017 and the present day. The first weird interaction I had with my boyfriend and his house was last year. I was sleeping on the outside of the bed, and as I fell asleep, I felt something push me. I shook it off thinking it was sleep paralysis because I got that a lot due to my high anxiety, but more weird things started to happen. Not just with me, but my boyfriend's mom and brother or anyone who was in the same house as my boyfriend. Sometimes when I'm sleeping alone in his room, I'll be woken up by water bottle crushing noises or I'll hear wrestling in the room next door. There's been one time I've gotten up to use the bathroom and I saw his brother's bedroom light turn on when no one was in the house. I've watched the bathroom door open by itself when the AC wasn't on to create a draft. I've seen shadowy figures in the corners of my eyes. I've heard footsteps in the kitchen. I've always felt like I was being watched at times. And there's been a handful of times I would fall asleep and wake up randomly, either hallucinating or something else. But I would see black streaks come down the walls and feel heavy hands on my legs. One spooky encounter was my boyfriend and my mother were praying and they heard a loud bang upstairs when his brother was at work. Another one was when my boyfriend and brother were downstairs watching TV and heard legit footsteps going upstairs. To make matters worse, his brother's ex-girlfriend did have a demon following her and she brought her demons over once and she got possessed and started throwing things and talking in a weird matter. The energy in the house became so dark and sinister after that. I remember once my boyfriend claimed he saw an older woman sitting in a chair in the living room, but only he saw it. It freaked us all out for so long. The most recent encounter, according to my boyfriend, was when he was asleep last week and he was woken by footsteps in his room and he felt someone watching him. According to his brother, he heard his doorknob turning and when it opened, no one was there. Nope. Nope. Their own mother will complain the front door will open thinking it was one of them but it wasn't my boyfriend or his brother. Once his sister stayed over and claimed the TV would randomly turn on. We're not sure what this may be. The dark spirit or demon that does follow him causes him headaches. He's constantly tired no matter how much he sleeps. And the thing has been following him for a while now, like four to six years. Personally, for me, I don't experience paranormal things on my own unless it's at that house. I do suffer from sleep paralysis and I'll wake up right before REM sleep and hallucinate real bad. There have been times I've been touched in my own house, but never felt scared. The hand felt warm, which I've been told it's my guardian angel visiting me. 
On a brighter note, I do believe my mother is truly holy because she can take care of any living thing. Any dead plant you bring to her, she can bring back to life. It's truly amazing. So whenever my boyfriend comes to my mother's house, he says he feels safe and not as much drained. That is the end of that. I have so many more stories and weird encounters at my boyfriend's house, and we've only been together for two years. I love the podcast since I'm a big horror and paranormal fan. Please, please come to the East Coast for a live show as my boyfriend resides in New Jersey. <gasps> you ladies rock. And thank you for reading, Samantha. Wait, I need to know where in Jersey this demon is. Yeah, to go to it or to actively avoid it? To actively avoid it good call <laughs> um that's terrifying there's so much happening and the fact that every single person who basically enters the home experiences something is just heinous yeah and i hate the black streaks down the down the wall that yeah. is like how do you avoid that what do you even do i don't know it's just it's it's i don't know it's just like it just feels like it's everywhere at that point, you know? Like it's a disease right. of the house. Like it's oozing from the walls. It will find you. It will come up through the floorboards. It will Oh, it's so unsettling. Grab you from inside the toilet. I hate that. I think that's one of my most irrational fears is being touched <laughs> from within the toilet. When I'm I totally get that. It. I actually totally get that. I also feel like bugs are gonna crawl up out of the toilet while I'm using it yeah like a snake is gonna come up and and bite my bite my britney (laughs) scary (laughs) it is scary (laughs) it is a little irrational but i get it oh man okay what are what's everyone else's irrational fears i'm curious (laughs) don't let us be alone here give us some support but i think mine lately has been waking up with a cockroach in my bed Mm, yes irrational or irrational it's rational that's pretty rational yeah city living man bug infestations everywhere oh god i hate them i actually was uh in the middle of interviewing someone at a coffee shop the other day i was like let's just go grab whatever so we went and got coffee and we all witnessed a huge group of people that were started screaming and there was a huge house centipede on the restaurant floor like running and so I used the girl's, the poor girl's resume and I picked up the centipede and was trying to walk it outside to save the centipede and all the people no. who were screaming inside. And then the owner comes over and goes, it's okay. <laughs> Takes the paper from me. I thought he was going to discard it outside. He ends up just smushing the centipede to death on her resume. And I was like, shit, sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. You tried to do a good thing. I tried. I tried. And instead, I ruined her resume, scarred a lot of people in the restaurant. Did she get the job? Yes, yeah, she did. She's joining us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. I think that's what matters. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, you know, sometimes you try to do the right thing and it just doesn't pan out. But sometimes you just need to kill bugs because otherwise they'll just keep coming back. Yeah. I have a love-hate relationship with spiders because I don't like oh, them. I'm hate. terrified of them. And yet, and I'm them. also like, well, but I like that they eat the other bugs that I don't like. I have arachnophobia to the extent where like my entire body just tightens completely. And it feels like my heart is sinking when I see. Yes. Even the tiniest spiders. of spiders. Oh! The tiniest. So my mom always says that 
when I was growing up, I would see a black speck in the bathtub and start screaming and crying. And half the time it was literally just like a black speck. Oh, that's cute. Wait, did I tell you about when I went to, I probably did, when I went to the Museum of Science with my family and we went into the butterfly exhibit? I think you have. But say it again. Okay, well, my brothers, I have always known that he has this really intense fear of beetles, but I guess I didn't realize that it extended to all flying insects. So Mm. we bought tickets to the butterfly exhibit, which wasn't filled with butterflies. It was actually moths, which even though they looked like butterflies, made him so much more scared. And so my dad's running around with like the fact sheet of butterflies, trying to identify butterflies. My mom's standing really still trying to get them to land on her. My brother is just like blinking 1000 times and going, oh, oh, and like moving his head, like trying to dart. Like he's he was it was his nightmare (laughs) come to life. And he doesn't we just dragged him in. Sorry, Christian. Oh, that's so sad. (laughs) He was like, that was awful when we left. (laughs) Poor guy. Yeah, imagine going into an exhibit with spiders just dangling from webs going right by your face. That's, That's essentially torturous. what we put him through. No. Ooh. He'll remember that for the rest of his life. Yeah, it's torture. Ah. Well, uh, guys, we want to hear your ghost stories. We want to hear your irrational fears. Yeah, we want to hear it all. We want to be scared. So email them to us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. We have quite a plethora of ways to support us. You, number one, can rate and review us on iTunes. That's super important because that is actually what keeps us in the top charts, which helps mm-hmm. other people find us, which helps our podcast gain more success, which helps us in the long run in terms of money and support and keeping this going and having those resources and getting more stories to share yeah and yeah also we basically run on on your guys's stories so we yeah, need you. you keep us afloat keep we us going you. also you guys we need to say thank you to our patreon donors too because you do a lot of you already support us on patreon amazing amazing so thank you and we will see you on the other side. Very smooth.